is the sound quality okay? Yeah, your sound quality is great. Okay, good. Awesome. And we are live. Yes, Dr. Ar Dr. Pata, episode two of our of our chats. Uh, thank you so much for uh, doing another brunch with Bobby with me again. Um, I appreciate you immensely. What the information that you have is, I would say, somewhat unique. You know, you not not a lot of people are talking about things like sleep hygiene. Um, seed oils are being talked about more and more and more, uh, which is really good to see. But uh, the sleep hygiene is something that's very interesting to me. But just as a reminder, you're out of uh, St. Louis, right? Correct. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. So how are things down in St. Saint Louis right now? Um, they're good. Uh, you know, the temperature is uh, nice. The humidity is low and uh, things are relatively stable. Uh, and, you know, we're just seeing how things progress over time. Um, I'm more worried about... Uh, the macro uh, economics of the world than I am necessarily about the microeconomics of St. Louis right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair concern to have right now with everything that's going on with all the central banks around the world and the inflation. I, I think it, it got another 0.4% uh, increase down in the U.S. It's up to like 8.5 or something right now, which is troubling <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to say the least. But uh, that's, you know, that's okay. We were actually having a heck of a seasonably warm October up here in uh, Vancouver, BC. It's, uh, I think it's probably about 22 degrees right now, which is insanity for October. It hasn't rained in about three months. Um, there's spring chemtrails like crazy here. Maybe that'll be a third thing we can talk about is chemtrails because they're spraying hard today. I've got some, some pictures of the sky. Um, uh, but I mean, we had a, I, I, I think that our, our seasons are basically shifting because our summer also started a lot later, later, but we can talk about that later. Sleep hygiene. Tell me about sleep hygiene, right? Like, you know, naturally the word hygiene, I think like, Oh, you need to be clean before you go to bed what 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 does that mean so i i view sleep as probably one of the lowest hanging fruits that you have for wellness um if you don't have good sleep you're not going to be well it's that simple couldn't and so the destruction of our sleep is, is the issue um historically if we look back at you know until we had electricity um, and until we had um, oil with with lamps, which was, you know, just 200 years ago, mm -hmm. 250 years ago, um, we, we had electricity, what, 130, 150 years, something like that. Um, with the advent of electricity and light bulbs, we were able to keep industry running 24 mm seven. -hmm. And that's when we had a serious deterioration in our sleep patterns, because before that, we basically mimicked the natural circadian rhythm mm -hmm. and people would get up pre-dawn or at dawn they would do their chores they would work with their animals they would work on the farm they would do whatever tasks they were doing mm -hmm. and they would go to bed at night when it went dark mm -hmm. and it was pretty damn dark it was dark and and we would we would go to bed and we 
didn't really have a lot of issues. Um, what's happened though, is that we've gotten to the point where we have nearly 24 seven activity mm -hmm. with that 24 seven activity. We also have 24 seven access to food. Um, and with that 24 seven activity, we've distorted our sleep patterns and we've shifted our hormonal patterns. Um, and as we've shifted our hormonal patterns, those hormones are, are, are strong character. They're, they're strong. They, they, they change our entire metabolism. Um, and so for example, the hormone cortisol, um, start is supposed to start rising early in the morning and it's a ca slightly catabolic hormone and it drives up your glucose slightly. So you get a morning rise of, of glucose. Well, if you're constantly exposed to blue light and you're constantly exposed to to shorten and shorten shorten periods of time, you'll get multiple bumps of cortisol. And so you get area under the curve increases of carbohydrate, which then drive you into prediabetes. So my goal with with what I deal with my patients is to get them back to a circadian normal rhythm um, and try to get them to mimic normal behavior as it should be and so that's that's the concept of sleep hygiene hygiene not being clean but hygiene returning to a more appropriate way as it was intended to be um and for me there's a couple of elements that are easy to do it's it's one of the easiest lowest hanging fruits because mm -hmm. if you don't have adequate sleep you don't restore most of your weight loss is dependent upon restoration most of your brain needs that downtime of sleep to do autophagy, to clean out the garbage in your head and to get rid of those microfibrillary tangles and to clean out all of the other detritus that's upstairs, upstairs in your brain. Mm -hmm. And it's also the time that your brain really can focus in on problems that it's going to help you solve. Um, and so you want to be able to have true sleep and not use chemicals to induce sleep because a lot of the chemicals that we use to induce sleep don't actually cause sleep they just make you forget that you didn't that you didn't sleep so the things like ambient and nesta and, and uh, these benzodiazepines yeah um make you feel like you rested but you didn't actually rest and it just make made you amnestic mm -hmm. uh, and amnesia is not what i want I, I i want to use my sleep period for those creative period, creative times. And I want to be able to clean out the garbage in my head. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that that's how we get to this concept of sleep hygiene to restore time. Mm -hmm. So one, the purpose is um, to give your brain a rest. Two is to let your brain work on those other things. Three is your whole body is trying to restore. It doesn't mean it's like in this um, anesthesia phase. Mm -hmm. It's doing activity the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's reformatting your muscles. It's reformatting your fat stores. It's reformatting your liver function. It's reformatting your brain. You need that time because mm -hmm. at other times, um, when you're awake, when your norepinephrine and epinephrine are higher, you don't have time to do that. Mm -hmm. And so it, it cleans that up. So what is sleep hygiene? Um, sleep hygiene is the concept of following a circadian rhythm, going to bed, at an appropriate time, having enough time to restore sleep. And historically people say, oh, you know, I only need five hours of sleep. Oh, I only need three hours of sleep. And it seems to be a bragging right that people go, I only need two hours of sleep. 
well, I can name that sleep in one hour. Okay, <laughs> so that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> because you take an animal and you deprive them of sleep for a period of time um, or lessen and lessen their sleep period, they become more and more irrational and borderline psychotic. Yeah. Um, if you look at Manuel Norega down in Panama, when mm -hmm. uh, he was hit out in the Catholic mission, how they got him out was they knew that they couldn't send in military because that was a violation of, of treaties that they couldn't send in the military to take him out of the Catholic Church. So yep. what they did was they gave everybody in the Catholic Church headphones or plugs for their ears mm -hmm. and they played loud music right outside. But Noriega didn't have them. And mm -hmm. so after a couple of days of not being able to sleep, he actually kind of went psychotic and he mm -hmm. ran out and screamed at the Marines to turn off the music and they arrested him peacefully mm -hmm. um, because you get a borderline oh. psychosis. Yep. Delusional. Uh, and, yep. and so you need enough time to sleep. Now, the environment has to be correct. Mm -hmm. So if you're sleeping in an environment which has a lot of light. It's not just the light at the back that affects your melanocortin um, in your, your receptors in the back of your retina. There's also receptors on your skin. And you have to realize that there's a communication mitochondria to mitochondria throughout your whole body. There these little powerhouses that are there, they communicate by photonic stimulation. So mm -hmm. one mitochondria communicates with another mitochondria, which communicates another mitochondria, not just by some sort of chemical signal, but because they produce small amounts of photons and uh -huh. those that photonic production affects your entire cellular structure. And it affects it to the point where even inside your skull, which is encased by bone, mm -hmm. um, you can get infrared light into your head and those photons will affect your entire brain structure. And so even if your eyes are closed and you're exposed to light, you got a problem. Even if your eyes are closed and you're not exposed to light in your the back of your retina or your ears or your nose, and it's just on the surface of your skin, you're still going to get melanocyte stimulating hormone irritation, mm -hmm. and you're going to get chemicals that that are affect the the light will affect the chemi chemistry of what's going on in the surface of your skin, and there are people that can actually sense light without their eyes. Mm -hmm. um, they can be in a totally black room and you can. They, they can sense light when you mark it out over their skin without touching them. Wow. So we know that there's more to it than just closing your eyes and going to bed. So mm -hmm. one perfectly dark, you know, being in a perfectly dark room. Mm -hmm. The second thing is a lot of us struggle with anxiety. And, mm -hmm. and the reason why people struggle with anxiety is they've had all of these issues in their lives. And when you've had all of these anxiety, anxiety issues, frequently you'll have a dysfunctional gut microbiome mm -hmm. your intestines aren't working like they're supposed to well it just so happens that just like there's a circadian rhythm that we know of mm -hmm. you know with light and dark there's also a microbial issue with a circadian rhythm and there's the production of and conversion of GABA aminobutyric acid in your gut um into other compounds that are the exact opposite of glutamate GABA is an inhibitory aminotransmitter. Glutamate is an excitatory. And at certain times, those bacteria in your intestines will produce, will consume and use GABA and will stimulate your vagus nerve to start calming your brain down. And I often find that patients that have severe sleep disturbance and have irritation and agitation um, have an abnormal vagal reflex. 
and they, their heart rate variability is way off. And so the next thing is, you know, one, you were supposed to be in a dark room. Two is you're not supposed to be in a room with stimulation of sound uh, and other stimulatory things. And you got to realize that you, you want to have fed those gut bacteria correctly so that they're going to calm your vagus down. Um, and, and you got to be real, really good with that. Um, and so you want to pick the right foods and you don't want to have your intestines working overtime right before you go into bed. So mm -hmm. you can't eat a giant meal and then lay down thinking that you're actually going to go to sleep because your intestines oh, yeah. are not working overtime to break that shit down. Um, and so you need a window of time period before you go to bed that your last meal was typically a couple hours. Um, and you need to make sure that you weren't exposed to, to blue light. The other thing is, um, ask about blue light. yeah. And so the, the other thing is get into an environment that um, is cold. Um, and there's a couple ways to do that. One is have your environment be cold. <laughs> Another yeah. way is get into an environment that's super hot first, like a sauna half an yeah. hour before, and then force your body, the thermal cool mm -hmm. yep. immediately when you go to bed. That's and actually so the most recent thing that I've started doing before bed for my sleep hygiene is having a, I don't, I don't have a sauna on me at the time at this point, but I just have a super hot shower because yeah. then my core will naturally start trying to cool my body down. So that's exactly, thank you for affirming that. <laughs> yeah. And so that vapor coolant, um, that, that evaporative cooling really helps. Mm -hmm. Um, I also recommend people use a fan. Uh, that droning noise in the background prevents a lot of the um, acoustic alerts that you might have. Um, because the thing is that drone prevents you from hearing all of the creaks that are around you. Mm -hmm. Because the human body, even when it sleeps, is still very, very aware of mm -hmm. these things. And we're on a hyper alert awareness state where everything is, is troubling for us. We think that people are breaking into our house. We think that rats might be running around we you know we we don't know what's going on yeah so we, we are very hyper alert creatures and yep. so um you use a background noise to distract you from that a fan um so there's a lot of there's, apps yeah there's white noise apps white noise, like that. noise yeah, any of those. that's funny because i as i was laying down in bed last night after uh doing a meditation i put my eye mask on because that's actually one of the things that i've got but now I'm like questioning that and realizing that my skin can absorb the light too. I'm like, God oh, damn it. Uh, but... Yeah. So get blackout curtains, yeah, blackout curtains. Yep. Um, and then no TV, no blue light, two to three hours before your sleep. Two to three hours. And the reason why is especially television is specifically designed to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And here's the problem. Your brain doesn't know that that's not a dream. It thinks it's already dreaming. It's watching right. this cool fantasy and it's dreaming <laughs> and it there, doesn't know that it didn't sleep. Isn't there studies that show that like people, when you're watching TV or in it's same brainwave as deep sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Like it's, it's, you know, it makes me think back to like when people were like worried about TVs coming like, Oh, don't sit too close to the TV or whatever. It'll rot your brain. And like, shit <laughs> they weren't wrong yeah. <laughs> so you know those are the the kind of things that that i strongly advocate my patients do uh no tv uh no eating a few hours before the meal 
have a very consistent pattern of sleep. So make it a habit. You yep. go to bed about the same time every day. You get up about the same time. Yeah, because you're then you're you're honoring the circadian rhythm when you do that. Um, right. Just quickly, while we talk about circadian rhythm too, um, I I've, what I know of the circadian rhythm is is men's circadian rhythm is different from like males and female are different for the, the male circadian rhythm for, to my understanding resets every 24 hours where the female one resets every 28 days. Is that like, how, how does that apply into this? So it, it's not quite that. I mean, there, right. that's, that's part of the hormonal rhythm. Um, oh, okay. There's circadian rhythms, there's hormonal rhythms, there's ultradian rhythms. Each organ has an ultradian rhythm and it goes through its cycle um, the circadian is really dependent upon moon is dependent upon, um, sun, sun and cycles. Moon cycles? Yeah. Um, yeah. And there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good data on it, but I don't have enough information to tell you exactly the interaction between the circadian day night rhythm mm -hmm. and the longer pattern rhythm of, of a, a moonlight rhythm. Or, yeah yeah um i don't just don't have enough info to tell you i can tell you that that's interesting yeah okay that would make we're sense. rhythm upon rhythm upon rhythm it's not just one rhythm that we're yeah. worried about yeah that's that's really fascinating stuff yeah that, that's just something that makes me want to lear learn and look into that more because you know i can see that there's circadian rhythm with the sun that would relate to uh in this from a hormonal perspective at least uh the the sun would relate to the male moon would relate to the female that's there's something to that that's interesting i'm sure there is yeah um no but i don't have enough info on that um and then you know the the sleep pattern of consistency is really important and i usually tell my patients to create a ritual out of it and so I'll go back to the statement I made at first, give yourself a problem to solve because your brain needs something to do um, mm -hmm. at night. And you can really do directed dreaming. Um, you can do lucid dreaming. Yeah, that and that's where I spend most of my life is lucid dreaming because that's where, you know, if I have a, if I have something that I'm trying to figure out, I don't want to waste that sleep. That sleep is amazing. Mm -hmm. And that sleep analysis is going to give me a whole bunch of different ways to approach a situation that I may not have thought about while I was awake. Um, mm -hmm. So I never go to bed without a complexity that I want to figure out. I'm the exact opposite of most people that say, oh, calm your brain down to zero. Don't worry about that tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think that one of the things that you can do to help yourself so you don't overworry is to make lists of things that you got to worry about tomorrow get it out of your head and onto a piece of paper so it doesn't circle in a it, it, mm -hmm. it's not part of your propez circle that every three minutes you go oh i tomorrow i gotta remember to wash my car tomorrow i gotta get mm -hmm. get gas tomorrow i gotta go to the grocery store get that shit out because mm -hmm. that's not what your brain should be worried about yep. your brain should be given problems that require complexity and thought and um are highly creative and so it should be visual problems that are interesting for mm -hmm. your brain to wrestle with. And you'll find that you can come up with some really, really just unusual solutions that you didn't think about when you were awake. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you an example. Um, the other night, I don't know what made me think of it, but I, I was just thinking about 
tangents and cosines. And I'm not a mathematician. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, but I was thinking about tangents and cosines and I was thinking about angles on a triangle and how the, no matter what you do, it's only 180 degrees in a triangle. No matter how you do it, you got 180 mm-hmm. degrees on a triangle. Well, in my head, I was like, well, how do I take the degrees of a, of a triangle knowing that I have this triangle and how do I figure out the length of each of the arms of the, of the triangle based upon a compass? You know, because I know I got 180 degrees, so I got half of a compass. So how do I figure that out? And so it was just interesting. It was just a different way to approach it. And so my brain struggled through it and came up with an elegant solution Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, then I can cross validate and play with. Um, And it's not because that was what I needed to worry about, but that was something that I had a curiosity about. And I gave my brain the challenge of figuring that out for me by the morning without having to spend too much time. Sometimes I, it's a financial model. Sometimes it's a, it's something like this. Sometimes it's a macroeconomic model. Sometimes it's a medical model. You know, why is it that this happens? I wonder, and then try to put it together overnight. The, the potential problem I see with that is like, I'm going to sidestep for a second because it it seems to me that 99, pretty much 99% of people are stuck in fight or flight mode. And, and, you know, the whole, you know, we want to get to rest and restoration, restoration, um, which is our rest and relaxation. Um, and, and, you know, like, that's why having a good sleep is so important. Now, go, jumping back to this, this problem solving thing, I could foresee potentially someone that is very much stuck in the fight or flight you know, it's gonna, it's gotta matter what type of problem you're trying trying to solve. Like, don't, because <laughs> if you go to bed trying to solve world problems, you're not, you're not gonna get a very good. Sleep. No, no, and and you shouldn't try to do that until <laughs> you've got the sleep hygiene component down. Okay. That's that that's something. When you get to lucid dreaming, you're solving bigger issues mm-hmm. um, that you need that have complexity. You got to get all the other stuff done first. Yeah, you're not going to get to lucid dreaming unless you take the other steps. Yeah, because if you're stuck in flight or fight, you've got it. You've got a problem with your vagus nerve. Yeah. And so if you're really stuck in flight or fight, then I have, you know, then what you need to do is we need to get you some GABA supplementation, Mm -hmm. GABA aminobutyric acid. Um, Be very careful with melatonin because they've never really studied high dose melatonin. And by high dose, I mean three milligrams or greater, which is very, you know, oh. most of the melatonin is five and 10. Oh, I know. And I so take two a night, sometimes, sometimes three and think, oh, it'll be good. Like not realizing that I'm, I'm sewering my future sleep patterns because it could very well be inhibiting future production of melatonin. That and also it's destroying your um, endocrine. Uh, production. Oh, melatonin degrades your luteinizing hormone production. So it degrades your testosterone production. And when you degrade your testosterone, then you're going to start to get sarcopenic wasting. And so you're actually hurting yourself. And it's a (laughs) melatonin is not the compound that most people think, oh, this is a great thing. And it just take more of it. Mm -hmm. Um, It has a very narrow window that's therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And certainly you can take a half a milligram, even a milligram on a fairly routine basis and be okay. But it's really that amino acid underneath it, GABA, that mm-hmm. you need more. What? So that's the issue. You need the GABA to 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 figure that out. What are um, your thoughts on valerian root? Um, it works. Yeah. It works real well. Are there any other natural 
roots. Um, there's a whole host of them. You know, I usually have my patients. There's there's a compound, and I I have no financial interest in this, Mm -hmm. um, at all. But the one thing that 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 I like that is easy for that it combines a lot of these little supplements. Mm -hmm. Um, there's something called Doc Parsley's, D O C Parsley, P A R S L E Y S. Go on the internet and Google it. Dr. Parsley is actually somebody that I know rather well. Nice. He's in the armed forces and he came up with this compound, which is basically gabaminobutyric acid, mm-hmm. um, some valerian root, a very, very tiny dose of melatonin, a little bit of potassium, a little bit of sodium, um, a little bit of um, sweetening agent, mm-hmm. mixed all into a tea and slam it 30 minutes before you go to bed. And what mm-hmm. it does is it really works in your gut microbiome. It is causing that gut microbiome to take up the GABA, which is an inhibitory neurotransmitter. And within 30 minutes, you start to induce sleep. And it allows you to sleep for a period of about six to seven hours. The reason why they came up with it is they use it in the armed forces to give to the Marines when they put them onto a plane. Mm -hmm. uh, And they're going to have to jump out of a plane in six or seven hours. and they want them clear-headed, and they don't want them on benzodiazepines. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they put them on that. And when they jump out of a plane, they're clear-headed. They, they, there's no fuzziness to their thoughts. Mm. Um, and yeah. it's an amazing compound. You can use it for long term. Yeah, Doc Percy. Um, so I'm going to have to check that out for sure. It's really good, and yeah. it's something that I use on a lot of my patients. Now, if you're stuck in flight or fight, um, that's that's a different issue. And usually, people that are stuck in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. have some degree of underlying PTSD. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, that, that, no, that's I, one I, of the things that I always worry about. Absolutely. That's, and, and I, cause I was, I mean, I'm reading the book game changers by Dave Asprey right now. And right. he talks about, there's a guy somewhere in the U S that has this machine that he can use that will reset your autonomous nervous system, essentially get you out of fight or flight for eight hours. And then when you come back and, and basically turn the system back on, you're you're able to you know go into rest and re, uh rest and restoration or rest and relaxation keeps saying that wrong um and so it's it's just because I, I i see that a lot and they you're absolutely right they said that you know it's ptsd happens uh you know whether it's a, a even minor childhood traumas can exacerbate into bigger problems uh which you, then you get into fight or flight and you're stuck there. And yeah. so, so what would you say to help? What would be your go-to to help with PTSD? And that's, that's okay. a loaded question because there's a lot. No, 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 no. I, I don't think it is. I think okay. that that's a very, it's a germane question. Um, and let's go back on the history of PTSD. Okay. PTSD occurs because you've had a traumatic event that's unresolved and you're in a hyper alert phase because something in the dark is going to come get you Mm -hmm. and something is out there lurking that's going to be your problem okay um you know what we used to have is we had these wonderful creatures called called big dogs and they would alert us when something was intruding into our space Mm -hmm. um and now we have these big dogs that are kind of lazy and they're not doing what they're supposed to do because they themselves are watching tv Mm -hmm. and they themselves are snoring and sleeping Mm -hmm. um and so you know what i encourage people to do is look if you've got a ptsd 
get another alpha predator to help you out at night and yeah. let the alpha predator do their job because we've spent you know a million years domesticating these dogs to help us and we might as well use that helper dog mm -hmm. um there's a variety of other tools as well i'm not and i say this tongue-in-cheek but a lot of my patients that have ptsd um i deal with a lot of people from the armed forces and they're reliving their memories constantly mm -hmm. and one of the first things i do is i take them out to the wolf sanctuary and i have them interact with wolves because one alpha predator to another they're both on hyper alert mm -hmm. and they're both screening way out here at 180 190 degrees around them and they're screening for threat both of them are Mm -hmm. And once they become a little bit pair bonded, then one is, is allowed to relax and the other can screen for the defect. And so oh. that, you know, dogs sleep at daytime, uh, anticipating that you're going to take care of them. They'll stay awake at night, hyper alert and vigilant, taking care of you. Wow. So I don't think that that's an unreasonable approach. It's just a different approach. But I've yeah. had a lot yeah. of patients with tremendous success with helper dogs Um helping them cope with some of their PTSD symptoms, uh, especially yeah. because now you've got add the drone of the fan noise. Mm -hmm. um, and so now you're not hearing every creak, but you know, your yeah. dog is there to take care of any situation that might arise. Um, and so I think that that's a reasonable approach. I'm not saying it's the only, um, certainly some patients with PTSD, they get home alarm systems because yeah. they're afraid that somebody's going to intrude into their space. And they offload that out of their brain. And so they don't have to worry about the creaking of the window or somebody approaching mm -hmm. their house. Um, and certainly that can drive them crazy, but that's another way to offload your brain. Just like making a list of the 20 things I got to do tomorrow, mm -hmm. offload it to technology and let something else deal with it and then onboard it tomorrow when you have to onboard it. Uh, I I, yeah, I love it. That's I, I, Getting a dog was not really the response that i was ex expecting so i appreciate that that's yeah. that's good like because you're absolutely right i mean that's oh that that's there there are companions for a reason and it's a lot more than you know just just being a pet i mean that's their job yeah. <laughs> their, their entire job is to watch over you yeah and and that's what we've trained them to do is to help us mm -hmm. in these situations when our brain is down their brain is up and yeah. it's just the opposite as well. So yeah. that that's, that's certainly something that's worthwhile. Um, so chemicals can certainly help GABA aminobutyric acid. Yeah. Um, another way to get improved vagal stimulation because you have a sympathetic system and a parasympathetic system. Mm -hmm. The sympathetic system is your fight or flight. Your parasympathetic system is your rest system. Mm -hmm. Another way to improve the parasympathetic system or your vagal system or your GABAminergic system um, is, is certainly the, the supplementation, but also things like breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. So box breathing is something that's very yep. useful. Four um, seconds in, hold for four seconds, four seconds out, hold for four seconds, right? Exactly. Yeah. And those kind of uh, mon you know, mantras associated with it can really benefit patients. So we frequently will recommend that. Um, yeah, and then, uh, that's it's funny because I was just talking my, with my buddy about breath work and how important breath work is. I'm a huge fan of Wim Hof and doing his breath cycles. Um, in fact, on Saturday, I'm going to participate. And I'm going to ask you about this quickly, and then we'll wrap things up just based on time. I'm going to do a holotropic breathing session. Awesome. 
Have you done that before? And it sounds like you've done that before. Or you yeah, know of it, it? It's no, no, no. I've done it. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. How it's like, amazing oh, did you do experience. it guided? I did it guided. Yeah, because that's that's the thing. Is I'm like trying, like I'm big on breath work and stuff. And everybody I ask about whole tropic breathing, like, no, you got to do it guided because it's yeah, it, it really should be guided. And what it's doing, it's doing a couple things. Certainly, it's in training your breath in a way that it should be done and you certainly are reducing your carbon dioxide in your brain mm -hmm. um and certainly that is creating some effect and the reduced co2 um changes your blood flow um and changes the ph so that, that that's one component yeah but there's a more um there's a bigger component and that is just the vagal effect of taking those big deep breaths in and out and the contraction and relaxation of your internal organs and creating a state of um tranquility for yourself it's amazing yeah no that, it's because i've i again it's a psychedelic read, experience that's exactly so i read about this in game changers by david Asprey, and he was talking about uh becoming more self-aware and naturally psychedelics uh psilocybin lsd got brought into it but then he starts talking about holotropic breathing and saying how you can create the same experience as lsd by doing holotropic breathing i'm like holy shit i don't think you're going to see the same colors no <laughs> um, no i don't but, but you're maybe. but you are you're going to love yeah you're you're going to be open to more vagal input vagal which is your input. parasympathetic system and yep. so that's your rest and rest that's your restorative phase that's it's interesting that you talk about you've talked about the vagus nerve and vagal the this uh, a few times now and the person that i'm doing the holotropic breathing with on saturday i actually just did a podcast with her um but i met her through this group and i'm going to send you the info to this group dr pato because i think you'd sure. be very interested in it um it's called human garage and they're all about fascial maneuvers and he's got a fascial maneuver that will help release uh stress and tension on your vagus nerve and so i'm just i'm seeing the the connections of all of this and it's really fucking cool for me um yeah but i i think that i think a lot there i, I feel like a lot of people are going to get some value just from from listening to this uh, this episode um we you brought up a lot of things that not a lot of people are bringing up and um they're not things that are being necessarily talked about like how did that your your method of, of dealing with ptsd and you know and, and again like the fact that you your skin it's your large, largest organ can absorb light as well that was a interesting one for me um i want to get people in touch with you because i think people need to learn from you how is the best way to do that um you know, it really depends on what area that they want to talk about. But the easiest way is just email me. Okay. Um, and I'll just give you my email address because it's it's really the easiest. Yep. Seva, S-E-V-A at pada.com, P-A-D-D-A dot C-O-M. Or they can just look me up on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, those are easy ways. But I, we've got we've got lots of websites and we deal with pain. Um, we deal with addiction and we deal with reversing people's diabetes. And in that okay. process we deal with all the complexities that human beings have yep. um and trying to minimize you know we we i purposefully design my protocols to to minimize pharmaceutical use um and try to get people back to as much normal um normal behavior and synchronization with 
with where they're supposed to be. And yep. so sometimes some of the stuff that I recommend may sound wacky, like, you know, go out in the forest and, and stand with your feet in the soil. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's amazing. And they've done studies on it in children showing that the closer the kid lives to a forested woods, the better their school performance and hmm. the sharper their brain. Um, you know, the less vegetable oil you have, the less, you know, the less ADD that you have. Um, the more natural, natural saturated fats you have, the better you do. Yep. So, I mean, there's all of these return to normal functions yep. um, that we try to do. And they typically are, you know, our bodies have been well designed for the general environment. Mm -hmm. And it's only this last hundred and some years that we've really destroyed the general environment mm -hmm. and, and made tremendous modifications that are causing us problems. And it was really only 1971 that our diabetes rates started to shoot up. Yeah. And then you go back to 1971 and what are the things that happened in 1971? Um, we went off the gold standard. We started uh, yeah. printing like crazy. We started yep. to increase processed seed oils. Mm -hmm. We started to dramatically increase carbohydrate consumption. Um, there are a lot of macro things that happened that affect our micro environment. Um, and so awesome. unwinding those for the human body is what I try to get to. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, very well said. And that's awesome. We need we need more people like you in, in the world that I have the the skill set and education that you do to really lead people back to homeostasis and, and that balanced, healthy lifestyle uh, that so many of us have lost. Um, I'm going to leave, leave this as one quote that I learned that I think you'll probably agree with because you talk so much about your microbi microbiome, which is creating an optimal terrain. Uh, one of the best quotes that I've heard as of late is when you are eating, think about it as if you're literally gardening. Exactly. But, That's exactly you know, what, you're you know what, what, what type of crops do you, do you want to produce? Well, the soil that you have will is going to make all the difference for that. So create that optimal terrain, get that sleep hygiene uh, organized, stay away from seed oils, get your vagus nerve operating properly. We got a lot of work to do, but you know, the, the beautiful thing is, is a lot of us are, are here and passionate about the healing stage that we're going into. We're already in as, as humanity, we, we are definitely in a healing stage uh, and it's going to get more and more exciting for those that understand that and, and want to help other people understand that. There's so much power in that. Cool. Dr. Pata, thank you so much. I very much appreciate you. Um, we'll, we'll do another one again soon. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll follow up with you after my uh, holotropic breathing and let you know how that went. All right. That'd be awesome. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. All Bye -bye. right.